You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Monday, December 19th. And uh, Giants gave uh, gave you guys an early Christmas present on Sunday night, a huge victory over the Washington Commanders that very, very likely, although there is work to be done, still very, very likely could push the Giants into the playoffs for the first time since 2016. And uh, here to help me discuss the game, as always, on uh, on the Monday after games is Big Blue Views, Tony Del Genio. Tony, how are you on this very, very happy Victory Monday for the New York Giants? I'm doing great, Ed. How could I not be doing good? I know. It's, you know, it's... It, all the talk about primetime games that the Giants hadn't won and all that stuff, and and, and last night was just a... You know, it was a hard-fought, close game, nail-biter, two evenly matched teams. But the Giants won that game last night basically the way that they had won games during their 6-1 and one stretch earlier in the season. The Commanders made mistakes, and the Giants didn't, and the Giants came out with the, with the W. Yeah, and, I, you know, I think that, that you know, we're – I think it's pretty clear now we're seeing a formula emerge for the Giants that really was not that much. The formula wasn't that much different than than the one that that we've seen quite a few times during the losing streak. But but they just executed better last night than than they have over the over the past month for whatever reason. And and it paid off for them. It's it's pretty amazing, Tony. But here we are entering week 16. And as I said earlier, there is work yet for the Giants to be done. But amazingly enough, where we started this season thinking, oh, six, seven wins would be would be fantastic. There are playoff clinching scenarios whereby where by the end of the weekend, by the end of, of Christmas Day, the New York Giants could be a playoff team. And and just how amazing do you find that? Oh, it's it's outstanding. Though you know, the one thing that I don't think I've heard anyone say yet, because because obviously you know, as fans, we're looking at at bigger things than this. But with the win last night, the Giants will not have a losing record this year for the first time since 2016. If you had said that before the season began, any fan would have signed up for that. That the worst we could be is eight eight and one. Uh, obviously. We want something. We we want something more than that. Now we've we've got something in our hands, and we want to and we want to keep it. And as, as you indicated, it's 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 actually still not an easy road to the playoffs because they could lose any or all of the of the three games 
that are left, but they could also win a couple of them. And, uh, and, and several of the teams that are left could very well sneak in too. So uh, yeah, a lot of work to do yeah. yet. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not a hundred percent crystal clear that the giants are going to make the playoffs, but they've put themselves in great position. If they really, if they win one out of the remaining three, they should make it because that tie gives basically gives them another half a victory. Yeah. So they, they would be sitting basically standings wise. They'd be sitting with nine and a half wins yeah. and, and, and that, that should be enough. And it's just, it, I didn't think we'd see this this year, Tony. I just didn't. Brian Dable, even last night, was reminding people, and, and even during the week prior to the game, he was reminding people that we're still at the beginning here. We're still building. We have a lot of work to get done to make this team and make this roster what we want it to be. And... And I still this this is fun, but I still come back to the whole idea that 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 it's still a bonus. This all of this winning is great, but it's still a bonus, basically because of how expected it it's been and and how much it it portends good things. I think for the Giants' future. Yeah, and I think you know if if they don't make the playoffs by some chance because they. They just played tough in the remaining games and and just didn't come out on the winning side. Uh, that's one thing. Obviously, it would be a big disappointment. Uh, I think the problem over the last month is that there were a couple of games where they just looked they just looked terrible. <laughs> and they, yeah, they, they, they looked they, terrible they, against Detroit. They obviously <laughs> looked terrible against Philadelphia uh, okay. last week. Last night, win or lose, they, they played a hard-nosed, competitive game they tried to win. They went for it on a fourth and nine from the 35 when they could have taken the easy way out and tried a long field goal into the wind or, or punted. Uh, but instead, they, they went for it and made it. They came up with big plays when they needed. And if, you know, and if, and if that DPI gets called on Darnay Holmes and Washington winds up winning, uh, tying the game or, or winning the game, uh, well, they still put in a, a tremendous effort last night. And that's the type of thing that I think we want to see coming down the stretch is that they not just collapse. Yeah, let's when the Giants get a 33 nothing lead on the on the Vikings this this Saturday at <laughs> halftime, let's not pack it in. You know, let's not just let's not just go home and, and start opening Christmas presents. Right, right. That's right. I mean, I'm sure they'll score 33 points in the first. <laughs> hey, hey, anything, anything can happen. Possible. You know, if the Indianapolis Colts can do it, I suppose the Giants can do it. But hey, we we have got to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau. For me, the Giants don't win that game with Kayvon Thibodeau last night. And we've talked about Thibodeau a lot. And I have said many, many times this year that he was playing with force, that he was doing a good job, that he was doing good things, that that the stats would come, you know, the sacks, the big plays would come and all of that. And yet for the number for the number five overall draft pick for the big personality for for what he is at some point you needed you wanted you had to see Kayvon Thibodeau step up and be a star and and there's there's no way around saying that that last night Kayvon Thibodeau became a star 
Yeah. Well, the here, I mean, here's the stat line that I that I, I got this morning. Twelve tackles, nine solo tackles, three tackles for loss, and then plus the sack, plus forced fumble, plus recovered fumble, plus touchdown. It's four four entries on the stat sheet in one play. I don't and, know how often anybody does that. You know, and, I'm uh, sorry. I, I just I just need to say this I, real quickly. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just need to say this grammatically. I really didn't know how to write that last night. It's like, how do I write strip sack, strip sack, fumble recovery, touchdown? Do I write that with a bunch of hyphens or commas or yeah. how do I write that? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I know. I know. Yeah. The, the other thing that I, that I wanted to say about him that, that, that I, I, I am loving the most of, I mean, I mean, obviously the big plays, you know, are great. And obviously he's got the outsized personality, he says, you know, prime time was made for me or prime time likes me or whatever you were saying last night. So he does those things, you know, and, and, and okay, that's, you know, that's fine if you back it up. But actually what I, what I like about him is that he's, he's not just a show horse. He's a workhorse. And the things that, I mean, obviously that, that, you know, that big play that he got the touchdown on. I mean, how could you not be impressed by that play? That's, a, that's as impressive a play as, as, as any edge defender has probably made this, this season. But the plays that, that I love are, are the ones that you don't notice so much. So he was the guy who tracked down Heineke at the end of the game and knocked him out at the one yard line instead of letting Heineke score the potentially tying touchdown. And as we, and in retrospect, that was a huge play since Washington never got that tying touchdown in the second half. When Washington tried to, to deal with what he was doing by sending a back out to his side, when he was crashing down inside, uh, even in a play like that, he tracked down, I think, Brian Robinson, I think it was, he tracked down from behind after like a nine or ten yard gain or something like that. So he's 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 flying all over the field and and making those kinds of plays and even the, the dirty ones from behind as well. And, and that's what I'm absolutely loving about him. I mean, if you're a Giants fan, you got to say, wow, what a great use of the number five pick. Absolutely, Tony. And and. I'm thinking about the Heineke play, and I, you might remember this play. Kayvon Thibodeau is not Lawrence Taylor and all of that, but the play just keeping Heineke out of the end zone reminded me of a play that Lawrence Taylor made way back in the day chasing down Randall Cunningham. You know, on a, on a yeah. long scramble, chasing Cunningham down from behind. And obviously, in this case, you know, Thibodeau wasn't behind Taylor Heineke, but he was the only Giants defender who had any chance to make that play. And he made it. And big time players make big time plays in big situations. And Kayvon Thibodeau showed that last night. And the other thing that was impressive that I didn't know about until I was reading, you know, some of the reporting, obviously I was not in Landover, Maryland last night. Um, some of the reporting, it was Thibodeau who went to his teammates before the game with an impassioned speech about the importance of that game and, you know, asking them to really bring it. And it was Thibodeau who took the, the leadership to be the voice before the game and and I, I find that incredible and and just watching him play 
I think at the very, very least, you can say that that the young man has, without any doubt, put to bed all of this nonsense about him taking plays off. That's right. Oh, absolutely right. I mean, he hustled as much or more than 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 any guy that I've seen out there, and and I think there's there's absolutely no question about it. And you're seeing it game after game, and you you, know, you were talking about LT, and you know, obviously no one was LT. I mean, well, that's that's something we're not probably ever going to see again but he has some of the same characteristics i i love the tape of lt that you could find on 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 the web uh from the the thanksgiving game against the lions and of course that that what everyone remembers that uh, from that game is is lt intercepting the pass near the goal line and then taking it 90 some odd yards for the td that won the game for the for the giants but if you watch that whole tape uh, hear John Madden gushing over all the different things that LT does. He he yeah, he intercepted the pass, but yeah, he sacks the quarterback. He blows up the rushing plays and 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 so on and so forth. And that's the thing about LT was that he was a complete player who did did it all. And Thibodeau is 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 showing you the same kinds of things that he really he really does all the different things that you would like an edge player to do. Absolutely, and. Let's talk about, I think, the other individual player I think we have to talk about today. And that, for me, that's Daniel Jones. Now, I wrote this morning at Big Blue View, if you, if you look at Daniel Jones' stat line, 21 out of 32, 160 yards passing, 70-something passer rating, 35 yards and 10 carries, it looks like a ho-hum pedestrian you know quarterback game no big deal but for me for me i thought daniel jones played an outstanding football game he did everything he was asked to do he played with toughness in the pocket he played with toughness running the football he made big throws at big times third and 9 to richie james fourth and 9 to richie james absolute darts thrown into tight windows in that game where you could clearly see that for the biggest difference in the game at the end is probably the two turnovers that Taylor Heineke made, mm-hmm. not to mention the fact that he threw one right to Nick McLeod that should have been a game-ending t- <laughs> a yep. game-ending interception. As good a player as Nick McLeod is, I think somebody needs to get him on the jugs machine. But Yeah. But, <laughs> But for me, I, I thought Jones was terrific. He took care of the football. I mean, there was the one play where he was down by contact and the ball came out, but there were no passes thrown into danger. There were big, you know, he made the plays he was asked to make. For me, I can't see a reason why the Giants wouldn't want him back as their quarterback next year. At this point, I, I can't see a reason why. Yeah, that's that's what I feel. Obviously, you know, as fans, we get frustrated by how conservative the offense is and, and in particular, you know, how right, how how conservative the passing game is. And last night was another case in point that they if you looked at his uh, at his passing chart from from next gen stats, he didn't. He didn't target anyone downfield longer, I think, than twelve yards or thirteen yards in the entire game. No, he but he but he yards plus passes. He didn't even have a fifteen yard pass last night. But but the other thing that I think maybe hasn't been talked about about enough that that's that's specific to that maybe 
is that Washington, for example, last night, and I think a lot of teams have done this, you know, they're playing that too high safety shell against the Giants and giving up the, the, the short pass underneath. And yeah, if you're Justin Herbert and you've got, uh, you know, Jalen Guyton, if you remember back to last season when the Giants were playing too high uh, against, uh, against Herbert toward the, the end of the first half, and he still launched a 65-yard pass where Guyton, uh, you know, uh, split the, the safeties and, and caught the touchdown. Well, A, Justin Herbert can do that. But, and, and, but B, you have a, a really fast wide receiver who can beat too high coverage. The Giants don't really have any receivers no. out there who can consistently beat too high coverage. And so if that's what a team shows the giants, then really they, they kind of have to take what the defense gives them. And, and I think that's what, what Mike Kafka is doing a lot on, on offense during, during this past month and a half is just recognizing that they just don't have guys who can consistently beat you downfield every once in a while, Darius Slayton, sure, but not guys who can consistently do it. Right. And you know, the issue obviously with Slayton is, is whether or not the football's going to get caught. Mm-hmm. You know, the Giants just don't have Terry McLaurin. They no. don't have Jahan Dotson, who made right. a tremendous play last night. Right. They don't have Curtis Samuel. Those three guys are better than anyone the Giants have got. Yeah. They don't have those kinds of, of weapons. They're playing football the way they need to play football. And if if you want to call Daniel Jones a game manager, I suppose that, that you could do that. But Daniel Jones is doing what he's asked to do. And in my view, he's doing it at a really high level. Now, do you pay him, you know, do you pay him $35 million a year? Shoot. No, you don't do that. But, but absolutely. If you can bring him back on a, on a two year deal or even a three year deal, that is structured such that you can get out of it after two years where the guaranteed money might be front loaded that you can get out of after two years. If you decide that, that there's a ceiling with Jones that he can't take you, you know, all the way, you know, to a super bowl that he's just not that guy that's going to get you all the way over the hump. You know, absolutely, you do that. But if you if you can get him to sign some type of short term deal that doesn't tie you, that doesn't crush your cap for the next three or four years, then I I just see no reason to overthink it. Yeah, and I think the guaranteed money is is the key thing in this because you can you can you can set him up so that if he performs then then he gets that that guaranteed money and that's a then that's a fair thing to do you know you look at a couple of teams out there i mean obviously there are a lot of teams who are giving quarterbacks big money but you look at the difference between let's say the uh the raiders who gave Derek carr this this contract that was i think much bigger than than anyone expected that that he would get but after this year there's zero guaranteed money in that contract. And so if they decide they want to move on after having had a, a, a pretty bad season, they can just do it. And they don't, they don't pay a penny after this year for the last two or even three years. I can't remember years of his contract. You compare that to Deshaun Watson and every penny, I believe of Deshaun Watson's contract is guaranteed. So Cleveland had, had better hope that works out for them because they're, they're tied to that guy and they're tied to him monetarily for, for a long time now. So you can do, I think, the type of thing you suggest with Daniel Jones. Uh, I still wouldn't want to go over 30. 
I, I would hope they could even manage it for, for 25, let's say, per, you know, per year. But as long as, let's say, a third year is not guaranteed, then then I think they can be a little bit flexible with what they give him over two years, the first two years. Yeah, I think I think that's where it's heading. I think the car deal is kind of the the model, although maybe not exactly you know, the numbers wise, but it's the model I think for for where you'd like to go with it with a Jones contract. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When that game started last night, you know, we'll, we'll get off Jones for a minute. When that game started last night, up until the Thibodeau play, were you... Like I was sitting there going, oh, this just doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. The Giants are kind of getting dominated. I think Washington ran 18 plays to the Giants three over the first quarter, something like that. I mean, the first quarter of that game, did you just kind of have that same feeling that I did? Like, like this is just not going to be not going to be a good night for the Giants. No, I didn't. And honestly, I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because I think we've seen this over and over again this season especially when the giants play good or at least or at least decent teams uh they did not start out well against tennessee they did not start out well against green bay god knows they were they were dominated in in most of that first half against green bay they did not start out well um particularly well against baltimore but uh, but maybe uh, you know, most relevant, they didn't start out well the last time against Washington. Washington went out to a 10 nothing lead the first time they played, and it looked like they were going to get run out of the stadium. And so when this was happening to the Giants, I said to myself, believe in this coaching staff. This coaching staff knows how to make adjustments to, to get things going. And so I was actually pretty confident that, that things weren't going to be that terrible. I'm I'm much more nervous late in the game because you just don't know whether the defense is going to be able to hold up and 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 I don't have much confidence in the offense being able to come back if the defense does score late in the game. That that, that worried me more. But no, not at the beginning of the game. That seems to be a a trait of of this team for better or worse. I wish they'd jump out to to fast start. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, as long as they don't pull a Colts. But right, uh, that's right. But <laughs> but, but yes. You know, it, it was interesting to me last night, and I picked up on it And when I was listening to Brian Dable speak after the game. It was interesting to me just how much he spoke about 
the analytics guys, just how much he spoke about Cade Knox, whose title is offensive assistant slash game manager. His job is to is to understand all the scenarios and ramifications of those scenarios. And Ty Siam, who is a Dave Gettleman era holdover, who is, I believe his title is football and data innovation manager, something along those lines. But those two guys have a direct line to Daybolt during the games. And he gave them huge props for for having him throw the challenge flag at the end of the game on the Taylor Heineke down down by contact that that ended up as a as a fumble, ended up reversed and and potentially took points away from Washington. He gave them huge props for the fourth and nine decision, which is one he said clearly, he said, we went over that scenario on Wednesday. And we made that choice on Wednesday. There was no decision to make, you know, at that point because we we made that choice on Wednesday, and it's it's a huge thing for me that uh, you know that the Giants are are leaning into the analytics, that they're leaning into the data, and for me, it's a huge thing. I think it's it tells us so much about Brian Dable too that he would go out of his way to make sure those guys got credit. Yeah. So I, I just, I, that was, that was really interesting to me. I don't know if, if you have thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I am, so I am, I am not a, a diehard analytics person, but I am a, I'm a kind of like halfway there, uh, analytics person. Uh, I think that, that analytics has a lot of useful stuff to, to tell us about, football i mean about any sport but but we're talking football here and uh you know i don't necessarily agree with 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 every single thing i see that comes out of analytics like uh, there's this uh, thing you'll see on twitter called the the surrender index when teams choose to punt rather mm-hmm. than going for it and some of the situations in which they recommend teams going for it rather than than punting i just roll my eyes and say no i really don't think that that would would have been a good idea to do but but i think that teams do need to to be aggressive about things more often than than they are and they need to use whatever information is available and i would have liked to have known what they were what they were whispering in in dable's ear on that fourth and nine play that the giants had on the 35 because that was a situation where they they really had three different options for what to do and and I agreed with what they with what they did because I thought it was going to be tough based on what they were saying about the wins to kick a field goal there, and I thought punting from the thirty five, which I think Ron Rivera did, didn't he? Uh, uh, for Washington, he and when the he did it, thirty five were close to the thirty five. Yes. Close to the thirty five, and I thought, boy, that's a pretty weak call to, to to punt from from there. And the other thing, going back to to you know what you're saying about Daniel Jones and and Dave always saying that he's done everything we asked him to do. The fact that they're going for it on fourth and nine in in the situation that they did down at the at the thirty five is, I think, an indication that that he does have some level of trust in Jones to to make the play. And so, uh, I think I think that's a that's a play you you would never have seen Joe Judge uh, absolutely uh, call on 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 fourth and nine from the thirty five. And so, I'm really happy to see 
a head coach who is listening to people who are saying, you know, whatever your, your instinct might be, you know, here's what we have to tell you is, is probably a, a better thing to, to call on this play. And so, yeah, I'm all for, I'm all for having, having better use of analytics. You know, what, what's been impressive to me is, is the game management overall. Now, have I agreed with every decision Dayball has made? Go for it, not go for it. You, no, I probably haven't. Have you know? Have there been a couple of instances where things got messed up and they had ten players on the field? Absolutely. And there was that there was that Chinese fire drill play last night where they barely got the timeout called because yep. they had half the defense running on and off the field as the ball was about to be snapped. So it's not perfect. But what's been impressive to me about all of it is that you see veteran coaches, you see so many coaches who, who aren't sure what they want to do, who, who don't manage the clock well, who, who just don't coach situations at end of games and end of halves very well. And because I think of all of the effort that the Giants have put into that with Dayball, with Cade Knox, with Ty CM, just with their, you know, with their coordinators, just as an organization, the effort they've put into understanding it, and knowing what they want to do before those situations come up has led to the Giants just not being in panic mode and managing situations and everybody knowing what they're going to do before they do it. I think you saw that yesterday. If you watched the the Jets Lions game that was that was on at one o'clock, and I thought the Jets did a pretty poor job of managing the clock once they once they gave up that fifty one yard TD, which I was cursing at uh, because, because the Jets just couldn't do the Giants a solid. Yesterday. They couldn't do it. No, no, no. But then after that, the Jets had the chance to to come back, and they did get in position for a field goal, but it was a fifty eight yard field goal, and 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 granted, it was long enough, and it just went left, but. I think better clock management. They could have they could have gotten that ball much closer to the goal line and probably made it an easier an easier kick for for them to to tie the game. And so yeah, you're seeing other coaches who aren't very good at managing the clock. And I think the Giants do do a much better job of that. Absolutely. And you know something else I think we need to talk about. And I was thinking about it, you know, just a couple minutes ago. I'm just thinking about some of the players who contributed to that win last night you're talking about you know in addition to the to the big time players like Thibodeau like Dexter Lawrence like Aziz Ojolari who's been a monster since coming back from his injury you you have to give this coaching staff and this front office so much credit you're looking at a guy like Richie James, who was much maligned earlier in the year after his two-fumble game. How big was he last night with a big punt return and with uh, you know, with four catches, two first-down catches, the fourth-and-nine catch? But you're looking at Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, Landon Collins, Tony Jefferson, Nick McLeod, Jason Pinnock, all of these guys, Fabian Moreau, who I was who who played poorly the last couple of weeks, you know, and then and then I think played almost every snap or maybe played every snap last night. It's just such a credit to this coaching staff and this front office that they've taken these obviously somewhat limited players, 
so many of them on the street when the NFL season started. And they've brought them in and made them useful pieces of this defense and useful pieces of this offense and, and gotten so much production out of guys that, that nobody else wanted. Yeah. Well, Richie James, Richie James to me is a, is, is an interesting case. Uh, uh, I wrote for big blue view about, about the giants receiver situation a month or, or so ago. And, and, and in there, I wrote that, that it seems that certain guys get into Brian Dable's doghouse for, for a while. And, and Richie James, after the two uh, fumbled punts seemed to be one of those guys who was in the doghouse because he basically didn't, not only would, did, was he not returning punts anymore uh, for a while, but he, he wasn't even getting any action in the, in the games for a while. So now he seems to be back in Dable's good graces and, and, and he's a valuable player. He's now, you know, he's not a, not a top wide receiver by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a he's a quick guy and and he can get open. Hodgins has been a, a nice find ever since he got to the Giants, and so I'm very happy that that they picked him up. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, well, Landon Collins, and Landon Collins made a couple of nice stops last night. I think there was a there was a big difference between the Giants' run defense in the first half of that game and in the second half of that game, and I think part of that was was Landon Collins coming in there and playing the run better than, than any of their other linebackers do. And, you know, if, if, if he would embrace that role as, as a linebacker, and in some sense, you know, the distinction between inside off ball linebacker uh, and, and strong safety is, is kind of fuzzy now in, in, in football. I mean, they're, they're, they're not that different positions to, to some extent. Uh, and I think to the extent that, that, that he will embrace that position, He's someone that hey, I wouldn't mind see the Giants keep for a while because they don't have guys at that second level who can be tough against the run. And, and he made a couple of, of you know, very nice plays la last night. And, uh, and I thought that's a, a very good sign going forward, and that's something they're going to need uh, uh, in, in these last couple of games. Another guy that I, I was going to throw in there and mention, uh, and not that I can, can vouch for this, but – I was interested to see Ben Bredesen come back in last night and 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 play. I could be wrong, and I'd like to you know to see what the snap counts were and what people had to say about about his his blocking. But I thought that the Giants' run game looked better when he was in the game than when he wasn't in the game, and uh, and so I, I'd like to hear how he he graded out last night because if the Giants can can at least temporarily fix that left guard position by having him go back to being the starter the way he was early in the season. I think that'd be a very positive development for the giants. Yeah. I'm just checking right now to see. Yeah. The, uh, the, the actual pro football focus grades are not out yet. What I do know is that Bredesen played 42 snaps to Gates, 21 snaps. Mm -hmm. And, What's interesting about that is I don't think that was intentional on the Giants' part. What happened was Ben Bredesen was on the field during that 18-play drive. Ben Bredesen was on the field at the end of the game after the turnover when Saquon Barkley ripped off those three, yeah. Yeah. Those three nice runs. Bredesen was in the game when the Giants took four and a half minutes off the clock and got that field goal at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. So the correlation that you can draw, forget the greats, the correlation that you can draw, I love Nick Gates. I 
honestly, I think Nick Gates is probably a better center than John Feliciano. But but the Giants offense functioned better when Ben Bredesen was in the game last night. And I think that's the bottom line is that they moved the ball better. The offensive line moved people better when Bredesen was on the field. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I think I, let me agree with, with everything you said, but just to, to, to emphasize a couple of those things, you know, I mean, there's no giant fan that doesn't love Nick Gates, Nick Gates. All right. But I think Nick Gates is just not strong enough to play left guard on a consistent basis, you know, fine as a, as a backup, you need somebody to, to, to fill in, you know, occasionally, but I think he's just not strong enough to play guard day in and day out for, for an NFL team with the, with the strength of some of these interior defensive linemen. And at center, you can get away with being a little smaller. And uh, if the giants wound up starting Nick Gates at center again and sitting Feliciano, I would not be, upset with that because Feliciano has, has really had his had his problems. But but yeah, to me, Bredesen looked like the best guard the Giants had out there. And, you know, regarding that that 18 play 97 yard drive and then the fourth quarter drive where Saquon was cutting through making big gain after big gain. Right. You know, that 18 play drive, you know, that reminded me a lot of things do, but because I, I love to think back to this, but one of my favorite Giants moments is more than just a moment, but one of my favorite Giants moments ever was in the, the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills when they came out in the third quarter and had that that nine-minute drive that finally ended with a with a rushing touchdown. And that was the kind of drive that kind of put the Giants in in control sort of of, of that game and I think demoralized uh, Buffalo's defense uh, a little bit. And you know that's the type of thing that drives like that do and they're not they're not in vogue in today's NFL where understandably if you've got a dangerous passing attack you'd much rather go for big explosive plays and and go 70 yards downfield in in three plays than in than in 18 plays but with defenses having started to push back against explosive passing offenses i think we're seeing that the running game is becoming more important than it than it had been for the last couple of years and so when you can control the ball like that and and keep the other team's defense on the field yeah the degree of difficulty goes up because because you know if you have 18 plays you make a terrible play on one of those 18 plays and it can blow the whole drive up that's the whole idea behind expected points added an explosive offense right and so you know i get that part of it but there is something to be said for having those those long time consuming drives that tire the opposing defense out and 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 you know i if they have somebody like Bredesen that helps them do that more often, then then I think things are really looking up for the Giants because it's it's looked like they, they couldn't run the ball very much at all for the last few weeks. And and whatever Saquon Barkley's health condition was over these last few weeks, I think a lot of it is that he just wasn't getting the holes opened up for him. Absolutely. And and a lot of it was that way last night as well. But when he got those holes at the end of the game, Barkley certainly took advantage of those. Tony, I know uh, three games left in the regular season, none of them easy, but uh, things are looking up for the Giants. I don't have uh, I don't have anything else. I think that that I really that I really needed to hit or wanted to hit. Did you have anything else? regarding last night's game that, that you really wanted to mention or, or even about the rest of the season? 
the only thing I will uh, mention is is that I and and this I'm sure nothing's ever going to happen with this, but I'm really so sick and tired of some of these penalties that that get called by the officials these days. I mean, it was nice for a change to see offensive pass interference called on the other team instead of the Giants, but I sympathized with Washington because of how often the Giants have gotten called on on OPI and then the these all of these illegal formation penalties which are just driving me crazy. I, I I would love to know what the statistics on those are, but I, I think illegal formation is being called about five times more this season than in any season I've I've ever seen. And and I really sympathize with Terry McLaurin, who was trying to get the 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 referee to to tell him is is he okay? Is he okay? You know, and and it had nothing to do with the play. That's the thing when these penalties are, are called and have nothing to do with the play. Like the OPI play, or like the I'm sorry, like the the the, the blocker downfield play uh, uh, that 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 knocked out the Hodgins touchdown against Dallas on Thanksgiving. When these penalties that have nothing to do with the play are called, they, they just drive me crazy, and I really feel like something ha- someone has to look into that because it's really hurting the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I generally don't disagree with with that sentiment because I'm not one who uh, who who likes to see these these pass interference calls on, you know, on plays that are 40 or 50 yards away from where the ball actually goes and, and things like that. But, but illegal formation, that, that penalty kind of helped the giants last oh, night. Tony. Oh, so. I, I, I was grateful for you it. Know, last night. Yeah, I, mean, that, I mean, I mean, not only illegal formation, but, but uh, you know, the let them play attitude about defensive pass interference on the Darnay Holmes, uh, uh, Curtis Samuel final play. <laughs> yeah. The, the officials, they, they were asked about that after the game and they said they just didn't see pass interference. And it's, it's, yeah. it's one of those deals where if you're an official, I get it. You, you throw the flag there and you've basically, you've basically decided the game, you know, and, and, and that's that's a, a hard spot. I certainly understand Washington fans complaining, but if they throw the flag there, Giants fans would be up in arms today too. So yeah, it, yeah. it is what it is. It's a it, you know it's and and as as you well know, the uh, the Giants have had some of those really really questionable calls go against them over the years. I can think of uh, last year against Washington, the Dexter Lawrence offside penalty on the on the the field goal which when you break that thing down when you break that thing down he's not offside if you break it down in slow motion he's not offside what happened on that particular play was that he got off the snap so quickly that it looked like he was offside you know to the naked eye in real time it looked like he was offside but when you break it down frame by frame he wasn't. But again, you look at the play in real time, you can't blame the officials for throwing the flag. It, right. So sometimes it helps you and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, anyway, someone pointed that out on, on Twitter last night about about uh, this is this made up for the Dexter Lawrence penalty last year. And I tweeted back. I said, well, I wish you told me last year that the Giants would get this back in a crucial situation <laughs> next year because I would I, I would e- e- gladly make the trade for for losing that one last year when the season was going to be lost anyway and, and getting it this year when the season uh, has so much problems. Absolutely. Right. The Giants got the better end of that deal. All right, Tony, I think that's uh, 
that's enough of our pontificating for uh, for one Monday morning. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Take care of each other. Stay safe out there. Have a great holiday if uh, if you don't uh, listen to our podcast later in the week as well. And uh, thanks as always for tuning in. And we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.